Pizza City is brought to you by Pizza Master Ovens. You love the sound of dough being transformed into crust. But what about the dough in your pocket? If you make pizzas for a living, then you know a fully loaded oven affects heat recovery time and makes everything take longer. That affects your bottom line. Say hello to Pizza Master, the most powerful electric oven on the market. It has clay ceramic hearthstones. That means crispy crust every time. And talk about precision. You can adjust both the top and bottom heating elements to make any style of pizza, which is what Pauly G's Logan Square owner Derek Tung was looking for when deciding to add Detroit-style pizzas to his existing menu of wood-fired pies. We started using the Pizza Masters for our Detroit-inspired Logan Squares. And, you know, really, it's all about the control. It's one of those ovens where you have the ability to control what the temperature's at, but not only that, how much heat is on the top deck, how much heat's on the bottom deck, how often they're firing. Um, it really allows you to do almost any style you want in the oven and just tweak it by small amounts. Plus the ability to get up to 932 degrees combined with exceptional recovery heat allows for high capacity output during peak times. That's money in your pocket. Pizza Master offers 85 different models and thousands of combinations. They've also got demo kitchens all over the country, so go take one for a test drive. Visit mpmfoodequipment.com and use the promo code PIZZACITY to get a free swag bag at your demo. That's mpmfoodequipment.com and request your test bake or demo today. But I really view Pat's exercise to come down here as, number one, a pioneer for this neighborhood, which has changed dramatically, and also a bit of a renaissance man of bringing back the original coal-fired ovens, that technology, along with the taste. Um, which the coal imparts a little bit of a different taste than some of the other solid fuel or a gas oven or an electric oven. A classic in the new era based on a classic from a bygone era. Patsy Grimaldi missed the coal-fired pizzas of his youth working in East Harlem, so he decided to open up Grimaldi's beneath the Brooklyn Bridge. Then he sells the business, retires, and decides to return yet again right next to his old shop using the name Giuliana's. How two coal-fired pizzerias ended up next to each other and how one loyal customer ended up quitting his job to become a partner. The story of Giuliana's straight ahead. I need a deep dish sausage and a thin pepperoni for here. This is Pizza City, the podcast dedicated to the art, craft, and passion behind some of the world's greatest pizzas. I'm Steve Dolinsky, author of Pizza City USA and founder of Pizza City USA Tours in Chicago. And hello again, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Pizza City. Great to have you along with us for another exploration of some of the world's greatest pizzas. Uh, we were over across the pond last show in London at Yard Sale. Uh, back on the U.S. shores this week uh, in New York City, uh, talking to the folks behind Giuliana. So Patsy Grimaldi, legendary name in New York City, um, connected to Patsy's up in East Harlem. Uh, and then Grimaldi's underneath the Brooklyn Bridge, um, and now Giuliana's is kind of the the, the newest incarnation uh, that Patsy Grimaldi has created. But we're talking to Matthew Grogan today. He's the managing partner, used to putting on a suit and getting his frequent flyer miles running around the country, uh, and and really fell hard for the 
the culture and the, the food at Juliana's and really wanted to become a part of it. And he says he was an active customer, so very much uh, involved in, in things going on there, having parties there, and really getting to understand uh, the culture and the history behind the pizza at Giuliana's. So it, it's really a remarkable story. I went to Giuliana's about four years ago when I was first tackling um, all the New York City pizzerias that I needed to get to that I hadn't. And I'd done these, I've talked about this before, four big trips to New York City over the course of five months to check off about 55 places that my friends had recommended. I definitely try to have a better appreciation and understanding of New York City pizza. So I did go to Giuliana's, ran into my friend Young Yoon, actually, which is kind of crazy. She was at uh, Amex back in the day. She was there with a friend. We had lunch together at Giuliana's. I was just, you know, I, I kept thinking how incredible it was, this coal-fired pizza they're cranking out at lunchtime, uh, this high, dry heat. There's no smoke involved with uh, cooking, uh, using that anthracite coal. And it's just this slow, slow, long, steady heat, and it produces a really delicious pizza. They also build it differently. They build it like in Chicago, where you have the cheese first and then the sauce, also known as an upside down, I believe. And uh, I think that also contributes to the, the interesting chew, the interesting flavor of this pizza, the way it's constructed. Um, but we begin, as we do all shows, by asking our guest about his first pizza memory. Sure, I recall vividly, actually. I grew up on Long Island. My parents are from Manhattan, but moved out to Long Island in the 50s. Uh, and I was probably about five years old, and the pizzeria was called Casa Tringali. And it was run by some, um, fa- you know, some folks, a family from uh, Naples, outside of Naples. And they made a, uh, what I would call, at that time, a traditional kind of New York-style pizza. It wouldn't be what you'd see in Naples. And it was uh, primarily a slice place, and it was 25 cents a slice. And that was the first time I ever had pizza, and it was <laughs> absolutely out of this world. Well, we're sitting um, in a space, this is kind of a hallowed ground, this block, and we're beneath the Brooklyn Bridge. Kind of give me a sense for where we are and why this place is so important. My partner, Patsy Grimaldi, who had worked for his uncle for a long time, decided to go out on his own, but it took him a long time to actually find a place that he was comfortable with. And it was really just serendipity that he wound up in this neighborhood and he um, found this spot when this neighborhood was desolate. The only other operation of any kind here was, and still is, the River Cafe. Over the past 30 years, this neighborhood has exploded. This is actually an historic district called Fulton Ferry, uh, but we are claimed by Dumbo, um, which is an acronym for down under the Manhattan Bridge Overpass. So well, we're sitting in Giuliana's, but Grimaldi's is next to us on the corner. Tell me about how these are connected and how Patsy is involved. Well, you're sitting in the original location of what was originally Patsy's Pizza. Now, is that connected to the one in Harlem? It is. There is common lineage. Um, the one in, in, in East Harlem is um, no longer owned by Pat's uncle, but Patsy Grimaldi uh, worked there as a youngster. His uh, dad died when he was about 11, and he was one of six children. And at that time, in, in the 40s, you had to go out to work. So he got a job shoveling coal at his uncle's pizzeria, which was pretty popular at that point. 
um, and then worked his way up to you know busboy and then a, a pizza man and then a waiter and ultimately a general manager. Um, so that's the common lineage there. And he originally named his pizzeria after himself. Uh, and to make a long story short, the folks that bought the business from his uncle's family had trademarked the name Patsy's and came to visit here and wanted to do a joint venture and Pat didn't really want to do that so they wound up uh, arguing about the name and ultimately Patsy decided to change the name to Grimaldi's. Boy, this happens all the time in the pizza industry. Every city there's always some kind of a, I just came from Umberto and then King Umberto and there was a little bit of an issue there so it's not the first time this has happened but when was this happening? What Roughly what year was that? Yeah, well Pat opened up uh, with Carol, uh, his, his wife, opened up Patsy's at the time in June of 1990, and I would say within uh, two or three years they had renamed it Grimaldi's. And in 1999-2000, the Grimaldi's decided to sell the business and retire, and um, left completely. Just to be clear, the kind of pizza they were doing at Grimaldi's was that coal-fired pizza from back in the day. Yes, and you're sitting right behind the original coal oven that they had built um, for them. It was the first coal oven built in New York City or commissioned in 50 years. Um, and Patsy wanted to get the taste of his youth. He grew up in the Bronx and all the pizzerias there had coal ovens. They decided to sell this in like 99, 2000? Yes. And he sold it and uh, sold his name and walked away, um, and uh, now they're in Brookfield, Wisconsin, and Idaho, and other yes. places. Yes, the, the the folks that bought the business uh, expanded it, mostly outside of New York. Pat and Carol had decided about ten years ago that they missed being in the business. They missed the connection to their guests, and I think there was a lot of people, myself included, since I was one of their first customers in 1990. I came here. Uh, two weeks after they opened, and I thought I knew pizza. I thought I'm a New Yorker my whole life. I've had pizza all over the world. I used to be an uh, investment banker, so I had it everywhere. But when I walked in here and took one look at the pizza and one bite, I said, I've been living a fraud all these years. This is, the, this is what pizza is supposed to be. It takes a lot for a New Yorker to admit. I, I must say. And... Um, and that was a time when New York really was on a kind of a downswing on, on pizza. It really wasn't very good. You had to go outside of Manhattan to get any decent pizza, whether it was Long Island or New Jersey. You know, there was always some great slice places here in Brooklyn. But I really view Pat's um, exercise to come down here as, number one, a pioneer for this neighborhood, which has changed dramatically, and also a bit of a renaissance man of bringing back the original coal-fired ovens, that technology, along with the taste. Was there any issue for him to come back to, to reopen here so close to Grimaldi's? Well, originally there was uh, some resistance on the part of the folks who bought the business from him to having him back, um, uh, but um, that didn't go very far. And we've coexisted now for, you know, almost nine years uh, cordially. Two coal-fired ovens back to, like, side by side? Yes, yes. 
much like you would see in New Haven, where Sally's and Peppy's are not as close as we are, but you know that's a little bit of an analogy that I make from time to time. Um, there's no smoke, there's uh, no ash. It burns hot and dry for a long time, so you're not constantly adding coal like you might be adding wood. So you're one of those customers who just fell in love with this the whole aura, and you said you sort of rediscovered pizza, and you went into business with them, and you bought into this? Yes. Um, when they retired and sold the business, I, along with a lot of other people, were very, very sad. Because, um, you know, whenever those kind of changes happen, invariably things are just not exactly the same. And so we stayed very close, and about 10 or 11 years ago, we got together, and they said to me, we want to come out of retirement. And I said, well, you know, I'll, be happy. I'll write a check tomorrow. <laughs> One thing led to another, and I got more involved, because uh, the restaurant business had really changed in the 10 years that they were gone. And um, we decided to do this on a joint basis. And we started Giuliana's, which is named after Patsy Grimaldi's mom, on... Um, December 13th, 2012, right after Superstorm Sandy had sort of uh, decimated the city. We almost thought we were not going to open. The water came within one store of us. I mean, literally, basements were full to the brim, and it thankfully spared us. Listen, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to keep talking with Matthew Grogan here at Juliana's. We're going to get specific about the pizzas. Uh, we're also going to preview some scenes from our next show coming up in two weeks, so stay with us. Whether you run one pizza joint or several, you order a ton of cheese. Why not get a little something in return? Baccio Cheese has a Gold Club Rewards program that literally gives you cash back for every pound of cheese you buy. No tricks or gimmicks. They send you a credit card loaded with cash every month so you can buy whatever you want. Dinner for your family, maybe a gift for an employee, no strings attached. The more cheese you buy, the higher the rate of reimbursement. There are three tiers for rewards, gold, platinum, and for you big-time cheeseheads, diamond level. Here's another bonus. Gold Club members get funds twice a year to use in Baccio's marketing store to use for things like custom printing menus, pizza box stickers, things you'll actually use. You'll also get marketing support for social media, email, and your website so you can stop asking your cousin to help fill in and get back to the dough sheeter. New members get a Baccio pizza peel, which I continue using for both my pan and hearth-baked pies in my home oven. See which rewards tier you qualify for by visiting BaccioCheese.com slash PizzaCityUSA and enroll today. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking with Matthew Grogan here beneath the Brooklyn Bridge at Giuliana's, uh, legendary Patsy Grimaldi, uh, founder of this pizzeria, and like you say, you came out of retirement, uh, Matthew came into the business because he was just so passionate about it. Let's talk about the pizza. You talked about the coal and how that burns in our last segment. Tell me about the kinds of pizzas, like, describe this pizza for me. It's it's chewy, it's crispy, it's crunchy, it's thin, you can fold it. Like, how would you describe this pizza to a Midwesterner? I'm gonna tell you how, you know, it's funny, you asked me um, what my first experience was as a youngster. This was almost a similar experience, but in years later, when I first walked in here, I had really been used to New York pizza as uh, uh, grated or shredded mozzarella spread around with a ladle of sauce. Well, it's completely different here. Patsy's method, which is a little different from his uncle, even though he had trained there as a youngster, 
Our mozzarella is, is cut into slices, very thin. It's a low moisture mozzarella. It goes on first, so it's some people call it upside down. But the reason primarily why that happens is um, it's very practical. The cheese has an opportunity to bond to the dough, and it doesn't move. So when you slide the pizza around, or more likely when you take a bite, it's not sitting on that substrate of sauce where it slides off. And if you've ever had that experience where everything slides off into your mouth and you know burns through. Our, our pizza has um, DOP tomatoes on it, and when it comes out of the oven, it's best when it's on your plate within about 20 seconds of when it emerges from that oven, because it's, it's hot, it's steaming, it's glistening, and it's got an aroma that is just incredible. I dig a little deeper here, so tell me about the dough a little bit. Is it like a, any kind of special flour? All-purpose. Uh... Yeah. Oh, I don't want to say the brand, but it's a it's a strong patent flour, so it's very high gluten, very high quality, and it needs to be that way. And it's a traditional flour; it's been around for over 100 years, American-made, um, and it has the ability to stand up to the heat and dryness of the coal. And you do a day, day and a half ferment. Yes, right around that. And um, you know, we have a very high volume spot here and we don't have the storage to do uh, you know a long long rise although we've experimented with it we've really stuck to Mr. Grimaldi's recipe which he uh, really uh, refined over the years of working for his uncle and, and on his own. These are the DOP tomatoes that for people to know it's a protected origin status of tomato so I'm guessing it's from Italy? Yes and they're very special because um, if you're familiar with uh, wine in uh, Napa Valley, there's certain uh, labels that never make it out of California. These tomatoes are of that ilk. They, they just don't come out of Italy. Um, I've actually been to the farms where they are grown, and the farmers that grow our tomato have been here. So that's clearly a case of you having, like, someone having the last name Grimaldi can get those kind of tomatoes. Yes, and it was not easy. It was. I really give credit to Carol Grimaldi, who did a lot of the sourcing back in the 90s and kept her relationships. And we have a tremendous importer and also, you know, the family that grows these tomatoes. It's a cooperative in Italy in a town. It's near San Marzano, but it's actually in Sarno. You mentioned the, the mozzarella. Do you want to name check anybody that in particular you're using? It's, uh, it's actually a mozzarella that's made to our specifications by a local cheese um, maker. And it's uh, you know, a whole cow's milk mozzarella. It's not imported. It's not a, a brand. It, is, you know, it has a brand name. I don't want to say the name, but it's not uh, something you can buy um, commercially. Pepperoni? Sausage? Yes, um, we, we, you know, I'll tell you, we use Hormel sauce, uh, pepperoni, and it's just fabulous. Rosa Grande? Yes. yes. And... Uh, we do have our sausage made for us by um, a butcher that you know, the Grimaldi's have used for years, the uh, Ivorone brothers. Um, does that go on par-baked or does it go on raw like in Chicago? On raw. Oh, good man. Yes. Okay. Um, and then, is there a bit of fennel in that too? Yes. Okay. And then when you finish the pie, before it goes into the oven, any Pecorino or Romano blend or oregano? Yeah, I'm not going to you know, give away the <laughs> quantities, but uh, yes, uh, okay. basically everything you just said. <laughs> okay, all right. You guys get crazy creative. Like I just came from Long Island, and they put chicken on some of the pies, or they do. Some of the kids are doing Sicilian, and they're doing grandma, and they're doing New York slices. Or do you stick to tradition here? Very interesting question, Steve. And the answer is both. 
Uh, I will say that Pat is very much a traditionalist. The late Carol Grimaldi was not as much. So we do have an introduced, which they did not have when they ran the place, um, five specialty pies. It's um, got uh, scamorza cheese, mozzarella, that we make in-house actually, uh, pancetta, scallions, and a little bit of uh, truffle oil. And it's a white pie, and it's really, really popular. And believe it or not, we did introduce a pie with chicken on it. Pat was very resistant to it. Um, it's the special number six. Uh, we have some folks, the guys who run the pizza operation here, they make a phenomenal guacamole. So this has uh, grilled chicken, white cheddar, just phenomenal guacamole. <laughs> it's wildly popular. So, but, but every, no matter what the build is, always begins with cheese first and then the sauce after. Yes. The margarita pizza is really the standard by which all other pizzas are, are judged. That's what I had. I mean, I came in for lunch three years ago when I was doing my research in New York, and it's funny, I ran into a friend when I was waiting in line, and we had this great experience, and I honestly I didn't know what to expect. You know, you hear about the name, and a lot of times there's a lot of buildup, and there's a hype, and, you know, it, never, it doesn't always live up to the hype, but this certainly did, which is why I'm back here now with the recorder. Um, and do you feel like... You know, the, the consistency is so important. Somebody's coming through this door for the first time, they've flown to New York, they heard about this name, and there's a lot of pressure. How do you ensure consistency? Because that's one of the biggest battles a lot of pizzerias have. It's an excellent question and one I've thought about for years, and um, it is the hallmark of, of a successful restaurant, not just a pizzeria. And I have to tell you, I used to ask Pat when I came here as a customer, every single time I said, I don't know how you do it. And I came here a lot, two, three times a week. I don't know how you do it, but the pizza is as good or better this time than I had it last time. And I think it's it's nothing more than uh, a couple of things. One is consistency of the ingredients and, you know, sticking with whatever you've chosen and hopefully the quality is good. And then like in any other business, it's training. It's training and just sort of accepting the criticism that you get from time to time when you make mistakes, because we make mistakes. They happen, um, and trying to do better. We're not trying to reinvent anything here. We we did have a you know Pat and Carol had a very successful operation, and we've more or less re-energized that. We did add other things. We have a 90 bottle wine list now, and 12 tap beers, and some great homemade desserts we have. But the the star of the show is is and still always will be the pizza. We'll be right back. As many of you know, I have a pizza tour business in Chicago, and while a lot of our guests love to indulge in the raw bulk sausage that's pinched and pressed onto our pies before baking, not everyone eats pork. Thank goodness Fontanini has the solution, chicken and beef meatballs. They're always mixed with ricotta and house-grated Romano, along with their blend of herbs and spices. Fontanini only uses select cuts of chicken and beef, offering their customers more choices, no matter what their religious or dietary restrictions. This summer, you'll also see them halal certified, so go ahead and throw them on your naan with some tikka masala sauce. Get a free sample of the new chicken and beef meatballs at fontanini.com slash pizza city or go to Fontanini brand on Instagram and click the link in the bio 
to let them know you heard about it from Pizza City. So many of our guests are, live locally, but many, many don't. And they have not had a chance to have our pizza for the last year. So we started, we bought a glass chiller and a shrink wrap machine, and we started experimenting, and we made our pizza, par-baked it, oh, 96% of the way there and we chill it down to 41 degrees or lower in eight minutes it takes we, we shrink wrap it um, we label it and we actually launched a partnership with a, uh, a local online grocery in New York called Fresh Direct and it is fresh it is not frozen I actually uh, split my time between uh, Manhattan and Connecticut and in my lifetime I've never seen a New York style branded fresh pizza in my grocery store. Plenty of frozen pizzas, but not fresh. And we launched that, and so far it's been great. And if you want, I'll show you what one looks like later. I will take a look. All right, final question. We ask everybody on the show, um, knowing what you know now about pizza, you're a good decade or so into this uh, as kind of a full time endeavor. What would you tell your younger self in 2009, 2010? before you jumped into this, to be successful? Yes, I would have done it earlier. And in fact, a little secret, I actually was offered the opportunity to buy the business from the Grimaldi's, because I think they, they went out to a handful of close friends or customers. And I had another career at the time, I, uh, I couldn't do it. I wish I had done it. I wish I, because I have a lot more fun talking to our guests and talking about pizza than I did putting a tie on and getting on a plane and selling money. Good advice. Do it early, everybody. Matthew Grogan is the managing partner here um, at Juliana's. We are beneath the Brooklyn Bridge on Old Fulton Street. Um, come see them. It's a, it's a great pizza. Matthew, thanks for your time. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate it. All right, coming up in two weeks, we're talking about some new pizza books this fall. One about Chicago, of course. The other about how to make great pizzas at home. I don't like to assume that the tomato is going to be fantastic, right? I want to, I want to know that it's fantastic. So I came up with these evaluation systems for specific products like tomatoes, cheese, and olive oil uh, so that I can understand what makes a great tomato. I'll talk with Dan Richer of Raza Pizza Artigianale in Jersey City about his new book, and I'll also tell you a little bit more about my new book, The Ultimate Chicago Pizza Guide. That's in two weeks on October 15th. Remember to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Please tell a friend and rate us. We're at Pizza City USA on Instagram, and our website is pizzacityusa.com. That's where you can get information about our tours. We've got four public tours running every weekend through the end of this month. So if you know somebody coming to Chicago, hook them up with a pizza tour. Bureaucratic wrote and performed our theme song, and here is wishing you an optimal bite ratio, always. <laughs>